Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. Once again, it's an honor to be here with you. And the message that I'm guided to share today came in uh, probably about three o'clock this morning. I was tempted yesterday to go to my computer and to do the invite for the radio show and figure out the topic. As I sat down, I just got a real clear, nope, nothing, zero. It was just a blank space, but also a, a energy pushing me away from the computer. So I followed that nudge and just let it go and trusted that whatever was meant to come in was meant to come in. So this morning, about three in the morning, I often will wake up around that time and I wake up and I meditate and I do some energy healing on myself. I do some energy healing to my inner circle members. So I, I do work usually for a couple hours if I'm awake. It's usually from three to five and then I fall back asleep. So in that time, what kept coming in was the word divine, the words divine contradiction. And I've recognized this over the years, the, the contradictions in different spiritual lessons, teachings, different teachers from one teacher to the next, from one understanding of truth or understanding of God or understanding of, you know, following your heart to another, there's contradictions. And then I also recognized over the years, because I've been doing the this healing work for over 25 years and working with people, and I recognized that over the years, my own teachings has, have evolved along with my own personal healing journey and, and path of awakening. At the same time, there were times where I know I was kind of filtering through my own belief system my own human mind and my own limitations because I was teaching what I believed on a human level. Once I started to really live life by divine and shift from being part of that equation to allowing myself to be a channel for the message to come through and I could kind of get myself out of the way and remove my own filters, my own mind and just be that clear channel and allow the divine message to come through me. In that, in that time where I actually was allowing, I started to recognize that I would actually contradict myself. And so I would channel for one client, especially on the group calls, my inner circle calls. I've been doing those since 2011. And on those calls, I would say, I would be guided to say something to one person. And then the next person, I would be guided to say something else. And sometimes those two things contradicted each other. And initially, it was hard for me because I wanted to kind of correct myself and or justify. And even sometimes I would even question, like, well, what was true? Was the first one true? Was the second one true? Like, what was I really saying? And why, would, why do I have to contradict myself? Because I really was still in that state of kind of fearing judgment. So what I've recognized over the years is that there are divine contradictions for a reason. And in fact, they're actually essential 
and an integral part of actually helping us unwind the ego mind. Without these divine contradictions or without our willingness, let me put it this way, without our willingness to allow these divine contradictions to come through our mouth and through our messages, certain people wouldn't move. Certain people wouldn't get the message. We actually would get stuck on our path. At the same time, these divine contradictions can actually cause a roadblock on path on a person's path to healing and awakening because they get caught up in the confusion and then they judge. They judge the person that delivered it or they judge the context or they judge how it came to them or they judge as right or wrong or they end up really siding with one belief and and that's great you can side with one belief but the moment you judge the other belief as wrong you're in alignment with the ego because only the ego judges so today i'm gonna i'm gonna unravel this and create enough of an understanding about it so that you can actually soften into it and allow these divine divine contradictions to occur whether they're directly, you know, related to you or indirectly, if you're witnessing them or you're actually receiving the messages, I want you to learn how to allow them to be in place and recognize that they're actually purposeful. They're purposeful for you as a student. They're purposeful for you as a teacher. They're purposeful for everyone. And I'm going to tell you, explain to you why. So today, basically, we're talking about divine contradictions, and how they're essential for the path of awakening. When I started to explore this last night in the middle of the night, in the wee hours of the morning, and I started to just be open to different examples of how those contradictions occur for me in my life and in, in, in the teachings that I have received over the years, but also in the teachings that I impart and that I share with other people. The, the, the books I write, the, the, even the radio show. And I started to get really comfortable with contradictions, except for when people don't know me or don't know about me or, or don't understand what I'm actually doing when I'm channeling. And I kind of looked back at a couple examples. If I was interviewed and I was asked a certain question and the message that came through was one thing, but then when they asked another question, it came through differently and it contradicted the first. I would actually pedal backwards a little bit and explain. Sometimes I would pedal backwards and explain because that's what was guided, but other times I would pedal backwards and explain because I didn't want to be judged as wrong or whatever else because I was actually contradicting myself within even one interview, within a half an hour or within 30, 45 minute interview. So it was interesting to kind of look back at my relationship with divine contradictions and how it has been for me to share them and really stand in them and be okay with what's coming through my mouth. And at other times when I was uncomfortable and would kind of go into the ego and fear judgment or fear being misunderstood or, you know, needing to justify the ego comes in in many different ways, having my own confusion or my own doubt about what I'm teaching. It 
divine contradictions a lot of times created my own doubt about what I was saying. And a lot of times I would also then really question my beliefs because sometimes what was coming through was different than what I believed. And I had to really stop and pause. So when it comes to divine contradictions, my invitation for you, at least in this episode and during this time together, to just be wide open, be curious, and be in the space of wonderment. I wonder how this plays out in my life. I wonder how I meet divine contradictions. I wonder how my ego interprets them and brings in that understanding so that it creates either an alignment with it or a judgment of it. In every moment when we're out in the world, we're either observing or judging. When we're observing, we have an open mind, a curious mind. We are in that state of open curiosity without judgment. A curious mind is an open mind. When we are judging, we are in alignment with the ego. And everything's being filtered by or filtered through our own programming, our own belief system, our own thoughts. And when life is filtered through our own ego mind, then we're basically filtering it all through fear. Now, this is our default setting. This is not our natural way of being, but it's our programmed default setting. And you can change that default setting by becoming aware and making a conscious choice and awakening more and more to the truth of who we are. In order to do that, we need to heal our belief system. We need to heal our thoughts. We need to heal our mind. We need to heal our body. In order to heal on a human level, in order to embrace our humanness and embody our divinity, we need to create an understanding at the level of the mind. Without a level of understanding in mind, then the ego has a point of weakness and can drag us down into a wormhole and loves to take us into wormholes of judgment and projection. Now, I can share a lot, a lot of information on this. And we can go, we can, I could spider web in about 20,000 different directions. So I'm going to do my best to really stay and hone in on this topic. And at the same time, I may need to veer off a little bit and come back to it because I need to help you really understand why it's essential that we have divine contradictions. Let's first look at the ego mind. The ego mind, or the human self, it's filtered through fear. We are taught when we are born that we are separate. We have an understanding of oneness before we're born. And the moment we come out, we have an experience of separation. The ego jumps in pretty quickly. And the ego mind is a seed that just it's planted and it starts to grow right at the point of birth. And sometimes for some people in utero as well, because we have a conscious awareness of, of us being in utero. 
We don't all have a memory of that. Some do, some don't. But that's, I can start as early as that. I can start as early as conception. Now, when we look at the human mind and our human self, we could also call it the ego self. We have this experience of being separate from everybody else. We have this experience of being a separate body in living a separate life, having a separate experience. And we need to have that understanding at the level of the mind, the human mind, in order for us to really fully embrace the human experience in the beginning. Now, this has changed because those that are coming in now are kind of coming in hot and needing to be awake pretty quick and needing to stay awake and stay conscious of their connection to everyone and everything. That's that living oneness experience. So we have an experience of living separate and we have an experience of living oneness. Most people, it's a journey from separation, which includes judgment and fear and all those things. And it's a journey to heal the mind, to unwind the programming, to change our experience over time and awaken to the truth that we are all one. And to be able to have a living experience of oneness, we need to be able to embrace our humanness and embody our divinity. And then the next shift would be to leave earth and have the ultimate experience of oneness, which we would all return to. So bear with me. This is, uh, as we kind of unwind this and unravel this big rat's nest of understanding, it's it. It will make sense as we go to the end. My invitation as I'm talking is take what resonates and just leave the rest for now. When you take what resonates and leave the rest for now, you have an opening in your mind to keep listening and keep hearing what you need to hear. Because what one person needs to hear is not what the next person necessarily needs to hear. And I promise all my clients, I promise you as listeners, I promise everyone that I won't tell you what you want to hear, but I promise to tell you what you need to hear. And what we need to hear is not always what we want to hear, especially right now with everything going on in the world, with this whole pandemic, with this whole experience of, you know, most people being asked to self-isolate or to go into quarantine. There's a lot of fear. It's, it's raw, it's ripe, it's expanding. And at the same time, there's a level of connectedness and oneness that's rising as well. So it's all perspective. In this time, my invitation is take what resonates. Don't judge the rest as wrong or bad or false or anything else. Just let the rest go. This is why it's essential to have contradictions on the path to healing and awakening. Because what one person needs to hear is not always what another needs to hear. And what one person needs to hear in this moment will be different than what they need to hear in a week from now. What we need to hear is the message that will meet us in our humanness in that moment based on where we are and how we're feeling and what's happening. And if we are in alignment with the ego, 
then I need to meet individuals in their fear, meet them with love, and provide the message that they need to hear that will help them shift out of fear and back into alignment with love. Not always easy, not always possible. Sometimes it's just a seed that's planted and they stay in fear. Sometimes it's a seed that's planted that grows real quickly. And other times it's a seed that's planted that takes a long time to grow. The ego mind works uh, in duality. And that's the human mind works in duality. We are taught to look at things as right or wrong, good or bad, up or down, right or left, black and white. We learn and understand the world through a filter of duality. And by default, we judge. Because in order to be in this world and believe that I'm separate from everybody else, I need to be in a place of judgment. Judging me as separate from them. And often with that, the ego will use inferior and superior, uh, better than, less than another. I know for me, it was more, I was not worthy. So I was less than a lot of other people, but I was trying to prove my worst. Then sometimes I would kind of puff myself up and make myself better than somebody else so that I would feel better about myself. There's so much that goes into the psychology of this. And again, like I said, I know we only have just under an hour. So I'm going to give you as much as I can to help you understand what's really going on at the level of the human mind so that you can allow the process of healing and unwinding the ego mind to occur so that you can align with your intuitive heart, so that you can align with the divine and allow the divine to work through you without those filters. So if you're talking to somebody or working with somebody or reading something or listening to something and you experience a contradiction, the invitation is to be wide open to what you need to hear. And what you need to hear is maybe not what you want to hear. So what you want to hear could actually be a part of you that wants to deeply root a belief that's no longer serving you. So what you want to hear is one thing, but what you need to hear is another because it's time to let go of that belief. It's time to let go of that teaching. It's time to even maybe let go of that teacher. I've had those experiences. I've had different mentors in my life at different times. And there, were a, there came a time where I was like, okay, it's time to let go. It's time to release this, this lesson or this teaching or even this teacher so that I can be open to the next, the next step, the next stage, the next level, whatever it is. And at, at, it's easy when you feel a discord to the message to judge it. It takes courage and commitment and awareness to feel the discord and then drop in behind the judgment and go, okay, what is this? What is the guidance underneath this? What is the nudge that maybe my heart is leading me toward? Am I to let this go? Am I to stay? And when we recognize that teachers come into our lives for a reason, and some of them come in for more of a season versus a lifetime, we need to recognize that they're going to teach us what we need 
in the moment that we need it. So for example, I was recalling, I was reflecting back on what was my first moment of awakening? When did I first wake up to realize there's something more to life than this or than what I thought? And that was when I read the book, The Celestine Prophecy. It was back in the late 90s. No, it was back in the late 80s. And it just, it planted a seed of synchronicity. It planted a seed that maybe things happen for a reason. And maybe there is kind of something directing me. So that was the seed that was planted at that time. So it opened up my mind to another way. And in 1993, I moved out west, uh, Western Canada. And on the West Coast, I, I, my eating disorder was just as bad as it was when I was living in Ontario. But I came to a point where I basically hit rock bottom. And I finally reached out for counseling. And in 1993, when I started to work with a counselor, I really started to kind of water that seed. But that seed had been there for at least four or five years, maybe even a little bit longer, because I can't quite remember when I read that book. But it had laid dormant for quite a while. And it wasn't until 1993 when I started to really water the seed that I started to really open my mind to another perspective. I started to open my mind to even witnessing the thoughts that were up in there. And that's when I started to really challenge my beliefs and challenge my thoughts and listen to the self-talk that was happening. And it was mean and cruel. It was like, I wouldn't even say half of what I said to myself to anyone else. It was ridiculously cruel. I hated myself at that point. I hated my body. I was disconnected from my head. I was living in my head and I was disconnected from my body living in my head. And I hated myself. And I don't use that word lightly. I really did hate myself. It was like for a long time with my anorexia and with the alcohol and drug abuse, I, I really felt like I was committing, I was trying to commit slow suicide. I really didn't want to be alive. But yet at the same time, I had this drive inside me that I couldn't quite connect to, that I couldn't quite understand, that really kind of felt like a fuel that just kept going. And that was that drive to serve others, to help others. It was, I was born with that drive. And that's really probably the only thing that's kept me alive is my drive to help others. My passion to help others awaken to the truth of who they are. My, it's like a purpose that's so deeply rooted in me. So my human experience, in my human experience, I came with this drive and this purpose that really kept me going for a long time. It was like this light that just wouldn't go out. So as I started to awaken to the truth and I started to explore my mind, I was really in this place of life by design. So I went from life by default, which is before the book, to life by design, which is understanding that life was happening 
through me and that I had more of a say in how things were happening around me. It was more happening for me versus to me. And what I started to recognize was the more I healed my mind, the better I felt. And not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, even energetically, everything changed. So it, I, I basically went from this idea, the seed to like full-time living my purpose and healing became my main focus. I wanted to heal my mind so badly because I wanted to heal my mind so I could help others heal theirs. And the more and more I recognized just how asleep I was, the more and more I wanted to help other people wake up. So that became a real driving force for me. In that time, there was a lot of teachings that would come in that would contradict. So I was really stuck in my head still, and I was processing a lot in my mind still. And for me, it had to make sense in my head. It had to be based on science or an understanding or a teaching or psychology. It had to make sense because I was always wondering one, I always want to know why things happened as they did. I wanted to know how the body worked and why it did that. And why was there a stress response in the body and what drove that? And what was the root of that? So I've always was digging. So in the fitness and wellness industry that I was in for a long, long time, I was always wanting to understand why. So that why question really drove the research and the, the studying I would do and the teaching I would impart as well. So anything I taught, it was based on what I understood to be true at the time. Now I can go back and listen to some of my earlier recordings and some of my earlier teachings. And I kind of chuckle and smile at it because on some level, it's still true for some people, but it's so opposite of what I teach now, or it's so far from what I teach now. I also recognize that some people will come in and hear part of my teaching and they need the earlier teaching. They need that lower vibrational teaching because that's kind of meeting them where they're at. And other people need to know and meet me where I'm at now and really embrace my teaching. So there, I saw this different need that was occurring of people coming in. And in order for me to meet them in their humanness, but still honor where I am in the teaching and in the lessons that were coming through me, I needed to put things in place that would allow them to receive what they needed to receive. So for example, with my business family passages, people can go to that website and get the fertility yoga and meditation kit. Cause I did teach fertility yoga for a long time and I would help people conceive through that element. So yoga. Then I started doing the spirit baby work and not everybody was ready for that. So the mediumship and connecting to their spirit baby, communicating and giving messages to you know couples that were wanting to conceive. And then I started doing the energy healing and all that. So it started to evolve, but some people were still coming in and wanting just the yoga. So now there's the fertility yoga and meditation kit. It's an all e-kit so they can just download it and start using it right away. Those that are wanting to go deeper and kind of go deeper into the understanding of what conception really is for and what it's teaching them, 
and learning to mother themselves, then they can come into the heart-led living community in my inner circle and in different ways they can work with me now. So there's different teachings that are still available. And over the years, I've written the books and allowed that teachings and that information to be out there so that I can then move on as a teacher. I can evolve and shift into teaching what I meant to teach now. The other piece that kind of come in, and this has all been orchestrated by the divine. I have other coaches and other healers that have that work under me and that can impart some of this knowledge. So in the Intuition Academy, Kimberly, who's been, I've been working with her for more than a decade, more than 15 years, almost 20 years probably. And she will, she teaches a lot of the heart of living principles and stuff. And it's actually really purposeful for her as she's, because as she's teaching those principles, she's deepening her experience and her relationship with those principles. I am now kind of letting her take the reins for that course. And I'm able to shift into the new level of teaching that's coming in for me. And that's, I'm in process in it. So I can't share it yet. I'm still in process because that's what happens. I get these divine downloads and I process them and I use them and I integrate them into my own human experience to a certain degree until I have enough of an understanding in which I can then teach. And as I'm teaching that new principle or that new lesson, then I deepen my experience and I integrate it for me even more. And eventually I'll need to let it go. And usually it comes in the form of a book and then I can put the book out there and then I can continue to evolve. That's been my process. That's been my experience. And in that, I can go back and look at any of those things and I can find contradictions. If I look at those contradictions through a lens of judgment, through my ego, then I will, I can pick it all apart. But I can also do that if I look at any other spiritual teacher and look at their different resources. We can easily pick it apart because the ego is eager and ready and well-equipped to pick things apart and make you sit in confusion and judgment and doubt because it thrives when you're in that space. So just because something's out there doesn't mean it's true. And just because something contradicts itself doesn't mean something else is wrong or false. There's more than one path to the truth of who you are. And I'm talking about truth with a capital T. There's more than one religion that can get you there. There's more than one spiritual path that can get you there. There's, there's more teachings, more books. There's more than one that can help you arrive. But the key is to discern what your path is. And your path may be the same book as your friend or you may not be guided at all to look at that book and they might dive deep into it. So I need you to recognize that your path to healing and awakening is very unique. And although you may have similar similarities, although you may be really in alignment with the teacher for a long time, you need to be open to some redirects, some course corrections, some different teachings coming in to complement what you're learning because spirit, the divine, will always meet you 
where you are at and give you what you need in that moment in order to unwind the mind and align with your heart, in order to unwind from fear and align with the divinity within you. How you get there will be unique. What you need to hear may be different than what your friend needs to hear, may be different than what I need to hear. Recognizing that, and at the same time, not judging something as wrong or bad or false, will allow you to keep your mind wide open. Because a made-up mind is a closed mind. If you believe something to be absolutely true and you are not willing to be wrong about it or you are not willing to waver at all, you're not willing to try on another perspective or you're not even willing to look at the possibility of another perspective, then eventually you will plateau on your spiritual path. You will plateau on your path of awakening and you will stay stuck in or circle in or run on a hamster wheel around a certain level of teaching and you won't veer off from there. You won't evolve from there. And right now with the world the way it is and with everything going on in, in, in society and globally, literally every single human being is impacted by this pandemic. Every single one of us, whether it's directly or indirectly, whether they realize it or not, When we are all impacted at this level, right now we are all being asked to evolve at a very quickened state. And Mother Earth is calling for our attention, our awareness, our empathy, our compassion. Humanity is calling for compassion. The divine is literally shaking the ground beneath us all, shaking us up to wake us up. And the role that you're meant to play is essential. And the better you learn or the quicker you learn to get out of your way, your human way, for your human self to step aside and for your divine self to step up and start to share what you're meant to share with the world, that's when we're going to make the greatest impact and that's when we're going to have the greatest results in the quickest amount of time. If all of us woke up instantly and started to play our part, we would turn this around on a dime. And the world would be different in such an amazing, miraculous way. What we're all being called toward right now is living oneness. But we need to understand separation and we need to understand it quickly in order to shift into connectedness and oneness. So this is um, maybe a rude awakening for a lot of people. It's a big, massive course correction. It's a huge spiritual redirect, which is what I was talking about in the last couple of weeks in different episodes. And it's an essential global contradiction to get us to wake up and to get us to align with love and to get all of us to recognize that we need to shift out of separation 
We need to let go of our beliefs about separation and align with oneness. So I'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. And we'll shift into, I'm going to give you an understanding of what's really going on at the level of the mind so that you can start to unwind and embrace contradictions and align with love and living oneness. We'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I'm your host, Sue Dumay. Today, I have been talking about divine contradictions and how they're essential for our path of healing and awakening. So before the break, I talked about the understanding of separation. What is separation for? And why do we need contradicting lessons or teachings in order to teach us that we're not separate, that we're all connected? So let's dive into that a little bit. And I'm reminded of one of the Course in, A Course in Miracles lessons, which is, I am not a body, I am free. For I'm as God created me. For I'm still as God created me. I'm not a body. I am free. For I'm still as God created me. This lesson is an interesting one for me because when I look at my soul sister and mighty companion on this earth, Lisa, Reverend Lisa and I have been working together closely for a long, long time. And we basically can, you know, there was a period of time where we literally were on the phone for hours and really helping each other, supporting each other, moving through different layers, unwinding, getting in underneath things, really unpacking and unraveling and opening up all these cans of worms and, and pulling apart all these rat's nests. And the work I'm doing now is really a foundation of a lot of the work we did together. And I realized that in order for me to do this work by myself, it took a long time. It took a lot of energy and I would always hit these roadblocks. I couldn't see past my blind spots and working with her, supporting each other, leaning on each other when we needed it. What I recognize is that healing in community or healing with somebody else who can point out your blind spots or can look and shine light on what you need to see, or can take a step back because they're not in the picture and go, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you need to explore was so powerful and it created this quickening in my healing path 
And that's when the Heart Led Living community started. And that's where I started to do this work on live group calls. And I've been doing it since 20, 2012, 2011. And I find that working with people live in the moment at the time through week to week through their experience, it helped them really kind of unravel patterns in, in themselves and in their bodies and in their minds. For me, the experience of A Course in Miracles was a very head heavy program. And Reverend Lisa is like, she is like a, a teacher, a student. She's been teaching and, and understanding A Course in Miracles for a long, long time, like 20 years or more. And her experience has been to go through the mind to heal. Mine, I'm better to go through the body to heal the mind. She goes through the mind to heal the body and heal everything else. I go through the body to heal the mind and everything else. And the, the route I take through the body is essential for me. And it's a very different route than hers. So there were certain teachings that she would really embrace and certain ones that I wouldn't. And certain ones that I really like were juicy for me and they didn't resonate for her. And instead of judging them as wrong, we just respected and understood that we each had our own path and we had our own way of learning and understanding. And there were certain lessons that we would come together and have a, a level of understanding together. And then other ones would resonate with her and not with me. So the whole lesson, I'm not my body, I am free, for I am as God created me, for I'm still as God created me. She like really embraced that, went right into that and like was, it was scrumptious for her. For me, it really contradicted a lot of what I had experienced and a lot of what I was continuing to experience. And my process is really body driven. So to deny my body or say I'm not my body, it was too much of a stretch for me in my mind at that time. It was, it was too, too contradictory to where I was at and I had to let it go. There was actually a period of time I started doing A Course in Miracles and I think I got to lesson 77 or 78 and it made me so crazy head heavy that I had to stop because I had to get out of my head and back into my body. So I'm telling you this because again, we can kind of look at the different teachings, we can look at the different lessons and we can take what we need in that moment. So what I needed in that moment was just a seed of an idea that I'm not my body. Because up until then, I denied my body most of my life. And then I went into embracing my body, loving my body. And now you're telling me I'm not a body, that, my, that I can deny my body again. So it was really just a, a bit of a mind mess up. And I needed to wrap my head around it. I needed to create an understanding that would make sense for me where I was at in my human experience so that I could actually embrace the truth. The thing with truth, and this is something Adi Ashanti teaches. He's, one of, he's a spiritual teacher, and I really appreciate a lot of his teachings. He says something along the lines of never mistake the finger pointing to the truth for the truth. Never mistake the finger pointing to the truth for the truth. And there's a lot of fingers that will point to the truth. Some of those fingers that are pointing, some of those lessons, some of those teachings, some of those books, some of those words, some of those songs will really resonate with one person. They will make sense. 
they will create a level of understanding that calms the mind in order to open the mind to take them to the next finger that's pointing. But if you get stuck on this finger or this teaching is the truth, period, then you will be stuck there. You will stay there. You will camp out there and you will not move from there. Now, even that in itself is not wrong. That is not a judgment because there are certain teachers that are teaching certain things that are going to be lifelong teachers of those lessons. And it's purposeful because there's a lot of new students coming in that need to learn that lesson and in the way that that person teaches it. I happen to be one of those teachers that are constantly evolving. That's just my path. That's just the way it is for me. And even if I didn't want it to be that way, it just is. So I couldn't even resist it. And trust me, I've tried a few times to resist it and there is no resisting it. So that's just the way it is for me. Other teachers are going to embrace a teaching and stay with that teaching and continue to teach it. It's those teachers that still need to be open to a different level of understanding for themselves, a different level of healing or an evolution for within them, within their own path of healing and awakening. So they can still do their own personal work and still extend and teach that level of understanding. You following me? Hang in there. You're doing great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a mind crazy mess up, like I said. And there's another word you can use. I'm sure some of you are already using it. I'm, I'm choosing not to swear. So my best advice for you in this moment is to embrace the teachings for as long as you feel guided to embrace them, but do not be attached to them. Any attachment is of the ego and any attachment feeds the ego. So we can be open to anything and attached to nothing. We can embrace and embody and dive in and sink in and really integrate certain levels of teaching, certain teachings, without becoming attached to them. So we need to be able to let them go when we're meant to let go. And sometimes the letting go of a certain lesson isn't because we're no longer meant to embrace that lesson. It's more because we're meant to actually add another level to it, another level of understanding to it so that we can evolve and shift to the next level, to the next level of vibration, to the next level of understanding, whatever it is for us. So the important piece is take what resonates, leave the rest behind. Understand that if there's anything in the rest that you've left behind, it will come back when it's meant to. That's why I love these radio show episodes. That's why I love, you know, doing the calls, my inner circle group, because they can go back to a call and listen. You can go back to a podcast replay and listen to the live radio show over and over and over again in your own time. It's always live. It's always evergreen. It always has something there for you. It always has, it's always energized with potential. For healing and for awakening. And you can listen to something and get 
say three gold nuggets, three pieces of your puzzle of understanding, you can get three big aha moments that totally change your life or one big aha moment. And then in five years, you can go back and listen to something and it resonates at a different level. I had that experience with A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. When I first picked up the book and no, it wasn't A New Earth. It was The Power of Now. When I first picked up the book, The Power of Now, I was reading it and it just wasn't like, it just, and everybody kept saying at the time, two or three different people were like, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. So I finally picked up and I started reading it and I'm like, it doesn't resonate. It, it was almost like reading a different language. And I'm like, I don't, it's just, I don't get it. It doesn't resonate. It didn't feel good. I was like, no, not for me. Put it on my shelf and let it go. Now, if I stayed in that place of judgment and let my ego close my mind and become attached to that book is not for me, I probably would have given it away. But something made me put it on the shelf. So I put it on my bookshelf and let it go. Probably about three or four years later, I picked it up again. It was just like, it was like on my shelf and it was lit up and it's like there was these signs like, pick me up now. So I picked up the book and I started reading it and every single word felt like a deep resonance and truth. Every single word resonated. From the beginning of that book to the end of that book, it made absolute complete sense and opened my mind even more than I ever expected. Now, this was quite, a, quite, a, quite many years ago. And I really appreciated that I could be open to that teaching coming back in and receiving it in the way that I was meant to. When there was a period of time where I used to love to watch Eckhart Tolle, I used to love to watch him because he was just so gentle and I loved his nature and his kind of quirky kind of humor and the way he channeled, I was really fascinated by. And I watched him for a long time on different videos and YouTube and different teachings. And, and then it stopped. And I just, I wasn't drawn back to it anymore. And I haven't really been. Every once in a while, I see something, but I, I don't, I'm not really drawn to watch or listen to him at this time. And again, it doesn't mean that his teaching is not right or wrong. So remember the ego works in duality. The ego mind understands duality. That's how we're, we understand the world. And we understand that we're separate from everybody else. So it will use judgment to keep us separate from the teaching or separate from whatever it is that we're meant to learn because the ego wants us to stay stuck. It wants us to play safe. It wants us to, it wants to protect us from the world because it only knows fear. But the truth is we need to understand that we're not separate, that we're all connected and that we're all having this unique human experience, but we're all an extension of the same divine source. So there's teachings coming out now that create an understanding and actually are bridging the science and the understanding of living oneness. And that's what I'm starting to study so that I can actually teach and create that bridge for people, the level of understanding at the mind and bring together the experience of living oneness, a felt experience of living oneness and bring those two elements together. Now, as I'm doing that, there's contradictions. There's divine contradictions. 
But what one person needs to hear is not up to me. It's up to the divine. And if I'm trying to filter things through my own belief system, my own programming, then I'm not being of service fully to others. So my intention is always about let the message that needs to come through, that needs to be heard right now, let it come through me without my own filters, without me getting in the way at all. So let me be the clearest possible channel. And that's my prayer every day. And yes, I still have my human experiences. And yes, I still bump up against my own leftovers. And I process them as soon as I'm aware of them in whatever way I'm guided to and in whatever way I'm capable of at the time. And I have the support around me to help me do that. As I hold the high note and hold the light for my community, I have other people that I can lean on and they hold the high note for me. So it's this beautiful interconnected network of support that comes in when we are open and when we follow the guidance of our heart and we don't judge the rest and we just follow the path, follow the step that's in front of us, then we actually be guided on our path to healing and awakening. And the divine teachers and the mighty companions and the support that we need, the book that we're meant to read, whatever it is, will show up on our path. And the more and more we say yes to awakening, to the truth of who we really are, the more and more we'll be guided, divinely guided. Embrace the contradictions. Allow them to be there without judging them, knowing that they're purposeful. And let go of everything else. The easiest way to be on your path is to let the divine lead. And it sounds simple. It's not always easy. But the more you can let go of what you think you know, the more you can open up to the deep knowing in your heart and be guided from that divine place of wisdom. And that wisdom goes beyond the thinking mind. But it meets us and it uses knowledge. It uses the thinking mind. It uses beliefs. It uses teachings for the purpose of unwinding our mind so we can awaken to the truth. And that is living life by divine. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. I honor you. I send love and blessings, especially at this crazy time. And just know that I'm here if you need support. Love and blessings. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com. 